0: What does making
1: sales social mean to you?
0: You know, I think it is—it's the power to build relationships in in a in real life, and online, in a very integrated way. There, there's not two diff, there's not two ways to behave or act. It's all one, and it should come across in your relationships that you have personally and the relationships that you develop online. You know, that's really—it's the relationship that makes it social work.
2: Welcome to the Making Sales Social podcast, featuring the top voices in sales and marketing. Join hosts Bryn Tillman and Bill McCormick as they discuss the best tips and strategies they are teaching their clients so you can leverage them for your own virtual and social selling. Here
1: are your hosts
2: Bryn Tillman and Bill McCormick. Hey
1: everyone, welcome to Making Sales Social. I'm Bill McCormick. I'm Bryn Tillman. So Bryn, who's joining us today?
3: One of my like in-person friends. I love this. This has been four years since we have met Keith Reynolds. I met him through an introduction through LinkedIn. So LinkedIn works and learned his perspective on content in a way that I have never heard it from any other marketer out there. And uh, I was fortunate enough, he brought me into Manhattan and I did a a presentation for his group and we stayed connected. And and I am just so excited because, you know, content is the heart of social selling. The thought leadership is how we show show up with credibility. And so I can't wait for the insights that Keith's gonna share. Keith, hello and welcome. Tell everyone a little bit about you.
0: Yeah, hi. Uh, So I am uh, the founder of a company called Publio, and uh, we're a content strategy uh, and development organization. We help companies use collaborative tools and techniques to empower those who are innovators that are seeking to build influence in their space, uh, differentiate themselves from the pack, and grow their
1: business. Love 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 to talk about how we can differentiate ourselves but before we get to that Keith we ask every guest one question at the beginning of each episode and it is what does making self social mean to you oh that's a great question
0: you know i think it is it's it's the power to build relationships in in a in real life and online in a very integrated way there, there's not two diff, there's not two ways to behave or act it's all one and it should come across in your relationships that you have personally and the relationships that you develop online and you know Bryn you mentioned we met on LinkedIn mm-hmm. and four years go by I think we've had a couple interactions and then now you've got Clubhouse popping up all over the place I think we were playing with Blab as a matter of fact when I know talked, right and I now do. it's Clubhouse and my phone uh, a, a week or two I guess two weeks ago Said Bryn's online, and I jumped into the room, and here we are being social again. So you know, that's really it's the relationship that makes
1: it social work.
3: Absolutely, was so awesome. excited to see your name. Sounds great.
1: So really, so you guys haven't talked for four years, but it's really only three because 2020 doesn't count. So we're ah. just gonna we're just gonna erase <laughs> that and and take that away. So so I understand, Keith. You have these buckets talk to me about the buckets I' bucket deal guy. with the buckets
0: yeah that's how I keep things organized in my brain uh, my my crazy ADD brain but uh, yeah so I built a big uh, website um, that was not sales oriented it was a top of funnel uh, thought leadership piece for kodak in building it we we filled the the sales funnel with 57 million dollars worth of, of uh, business by creating a magazine and we called it chief packaging officer. And uh, we invested in thought leading content about the packaging industry. And we attracted uh, and grew our database from eight to 16,000 people. And when we went into our second year, we were told uh, your services aren't needed anymore because we just sold the division that you're working for. And what it mm-hmm. turned out was that the division that that was sold in the negotiations, they wanted to purchase the, the online media, the content hub, in addition to the company, because exactly. they knew that's how, what generated the sales. Uh, so that company has now been purchased and uh, chief packaging officer still up and running. This stuff works. So out of that, I started doing some public speaking and talking about the seven buckets that you need. So you need to have a North Star idea that connects with your audience. You need to have content Uh, I'm sorry, an editorial strategy and an editorial calendar so that you're planning your content out over the long term. You can budget for it. You can assign resources for it. It's basically the core of your content machine. You need to publish and distribute that content on social media and through email. And uh, you also need to distribute it through uh, community and events. But I make that uh, something different than Posting on social media because when you're out meeting with people, it's also a really great way to connect with them and have a source of content. Then you need marketing automation, like, uh, you know, I'm a big uh, HubSpot, Sharpspring advocate, those kinds of products, Marketo, Acton. All of those are really become the way that you deliver content, but also through landing pages and email and social but also because you're aggregating everything on a platform it becomes your reporting and analysis tool it's how you create a closed loop system to be able to manage that that uh, great uh, unwashed audience to traffic to proposals to sales right and if you set up your marketing automation correctly it it just sets you up to do the monthly and quarterly analysis. So you're always improving. Then you need to have a sales model. I think this is one of the things that really differentiates Publio, You know, working content into your sales team, helping them understand what's on your content hub, helping them learn how to share it with confidence and what to say about it. So they become the thought leaders too, right? And, and uh, not just become an order taker, but we really wanna build that, that confidence within the sales team and extend the content so that it's in the CRM and easy to share. So that it's, uh, they know how to handle inbound leads and what questions to ask. Then how that, you know, when someone comes in from a piece of content, there's a script that you can run off of that's different than if it was from a second piece of content. So there's a lot of contextual cues that salespeople can use. And this doesn't happen automatically. So it really is a partnership with our sales team, even to the point of putting you know, embedded links in a PDF so that we can track what's going on and see Mm -hmm. how they're sharing and see, you know, the secondary and tertiary effects so that they get real information out of content and it helps them do their job. And the last bucket is an ROI model. You've got to be able to go upstairs, talk to the C-suite. You've got to tell them, you know, this is the value
1: proposition. I
3: love that. And we think we resonate with the sales piece.
1: Tell, Tell me, I, I don't understand this marketing and sales working together. That the totally foreign concept to me. I, I'm. I need an. We must
3: be dreaming. Help me.
1: Help me! Help me! I'm the marketing guy from heaven coming down. You definitely, you definitely are. Talk a little bit about how this plays out. Give us a give us a real life example if you can of 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 taking us through this process of how this plays out. You know it's
0: it's understanding the sales process. I've, I've set up a lot of CRMs. I am a sales guy and I'm a marketing guy. So I've, I've worn both hats and and in setting up a CRM, you want so you to, you are an alien. Yeah, I'm an alien. Yeah. <laughs> um, just as an aside, I was IBM's first collegiate rep demo, demonstrating personal computers and college bookstores. I helped, I was hired to help write the manual and then I became a collegiate rep, you know, in painter's pants and a rugby shirt, in the 1980s thing. This is a personal computer. It has a spreadsheet.
1: That's awesome. I had painter's pants,
0: so didn't, didn't I still do. Rugby.
1: Didn't wear the rugby shirt.
0: So, um, but no, sales is really important because that's what we're all doing this for, right? And if we don't have salespeople that are uh, on board and and really understand it, and when salespeople When you have that alignment between sales and marketing, it's beautiful, right? And so sometimes it starts out in a contentious way. Hey, marketing, you never give us any leads. What are you talking about? We sent you all those leads. Oh, those leads were crap. Well, did you call them? No. All right. So let's work together and let's get through. Or, you know, if they're crap, tell me why they're crap. We'll try and go get different leads for you, right? So it's that iterative process that uh, I think is really important when you're, when you're writing and producing videos, uh, white papers, all those things. You want to test it and and have uh, your your sales team in from the beginning, right? Helping with the development of that to um, sharing it and getting some feedback from customers early on. And it's not like we're running out to a, a printer these days and running hundred thousand copies, right? We can make a PDF and test it. Um, and our sales people are really great partners for that kind of thing. Like I said, understanding the sales process and mapping out, you know, here at, at, in the first stage of our conversation, if we, you know, if the salesperson says, I'd really love to have a white paper. Let's write a white paper.
3: So I want to ask you this. So there are some things, there's content that is about our company and that ha- you know helps people understand our products and services. And then there's content that's truly a resource and insights and they're used at different places, right? In, in the sales journey. Yeah. What I'd love to hear is like, what is the content that you believe will start a first conversation?
0: If you're introducing something new, introducing a different way, right? If you're, you know, you, you have to get to what is it that the product m- makes the customer's life better? And and then write some content that really helps make that point. Um, so
3: you do think product content upfront is okay, or do you think other insights?
0: No, it's it's oh. like you need to get above the, the the product solution and talk about how life is better. Yeah. Right. And and what it would be like if life was better. You know, you would have you know, save lots of money or increase your sales or improve your quality. And so you can write a whole piece on improving your quality. And the end point of that thought leadership of quality improvement could be that our product is actually really helpful to, to customers to do that.
3: 99% of that. So above. we call that vendor agnostic content. We call that content that is valuable, even if they never talk to you.
0: So I'm a big believer in that your whole content hub should be branded. You don't want to have a blo- the word blog on your website. Give it a name.
3: Like why?
0: Like if you go to my website, it's, it's called the hub because I'm helping companies create content hubs. The content within that branded content hub should look and feel, if you're in a B2B space, like an industry magazine. Like you're literally competing against the trade magazines in your market space with the quality of the content. And yet it can be the your VP of sales or your president and CEO that's the one that's you know getting the byline. On the article. Even even though I mean we all have writers that write for us, right? But we can j- just as our, our executives go out to trade shows and they get the fireside chat or they do the, the keynote speech, you can also now have a, a media property that's as competitive as anything you'd get from the trade press. And you know, again, that's that's why when Kodak sold the division, they wanted chief packaging officer. There were over a hundred articles and thought pieces and interviews with industry executives. Um, that all, you know, made this, this really rich content. And every piece of content, it's, the design has changed very much. But it was, it was very much designed in the, the HubSpot, you know, funnel, you know, get everybody to draw them in. And it was, it was very well designed. So we, we did. We had a lot of conversions off of that. And yet it positioned us like a thought leader. And oh, by the way, Google loves you too. Yeah.
3: So one of the things we just started doing is creating the influencer of the week. So going out to the the sales world and identifying people that are making an impact. So I think that sounds a little bit about like what you're talking about. That's but you're talking about the quality of the content is like magnificent. It's not just a blog.
1: Correct. And it's put in a place that's not just the blog page. You know, you know, on our website, we have that, Bryn, But you think about our members area, we have the content library so so that's kind of branded in that way that it's a it's a place yeah that's
3: private though not seo
1: true true it it is it is i want to so a lot of the folks listening to this are part of organizations they don't have control over whether they can get marketing to talk to sales or um you know or to have a hub what they're concerned with is is creating content and getting content into people's hands I'm curious about one of the buckets you talked about were, was was events and getting content into people's hands at events. People aren't having events now. How are you having folks get content into people's hands at virtual events? Is that working for you?
0: So uh, one of the things I do is I'm on the board of uh, Stanford Innovation Week, which is a festival of ideas, kind of, you know, we call it North by Northeast, kind of. Oh, I
3: love it. <laughs> uh,
1: uh, that's great.
0: <laughs> you know, they only had 300 people at their first event at, at South by Southwest, so we've we had more than that in our first, but we've got a long way to grow to become that. But it's uh, it it celebrates the uh, the talent that we have locally, and then the network we have globally, and we bring thought leaders together once a year in the fall. So um, it's attending events, it's doing speaking uh, on events, it's putting yourself out there as a public speaker because everybody's content hungry. I mean, that's, I think one of the things, even if you're, um, the salesperson in your example, Bill, where they don't have control of the marketing budget, they're not determining what is being, uh, created at a, at a company wide level, but every salesperson can have their own content plan. So they know what content that is corporate that they can use. They also scan industry press, and find things to share with customers, and then you can do things like um, live, you know, live video on LinkedIn, and just do a two-minute thing. Hey, I'm at a um, a coffee shop, and you know, out sitting outdoors, and I'm just was thinking about X, Y, Z. And you know, your your marketing automation platform is LinkedIn for for in this case. So it it really it's a scalable idea. In fact, all seven buckets work for you as an individual as well as they do for for a big company
1: yeah and it's kind of like fred diamond said a few weeks ago when he was on you know you are the president of your brand you are the president of of you and what you and what you have to put out there and so for all the sales people that are listening rather than pointing the fingers at your sales leadership because they're not providing the right training or to your marketing department because they're not providing uh, the right content or the best kind of content you really have to grab hold of it Grab those seven buckets and start carrying them to the well and filling them up and and working on your own content. So, in in your experience as a as a as a marketer, what content are you seeing right now that's getting the most views, the most ROI? I th- I think
0: it's you know content that helps you learn how to it is uh, you know it's very practical that you can use it's you know shareable on LinkedIn.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I, I think that that if if you're able to take a big problem and summarize the how to solve it and, and, and the why and you know answer the why within that, um, I think that's very successful for for a sales kind of relationship.
3: I love that. What about the medium? Is it video? Is it uh, white papers? Is it PDFs, eBooks? What's the medium that's really working right now? I think
0: the most successful content marketers are organizations that come up with a calendar and then really exploit all of those mediums, right? Mm-hmm. So that there is a white paper and then you interview the CEO who talks about the new, you know, white paper. And then there's a blog post about the white paper. And then that blog post is posted on social and given out to all the salespeople to share. So it just, it, you know, you get benefit from concentrating efforts if you just put it out there, you know it's left to, to accident.
3: What's your favorite to start with? Do you like we start with video and then transcribe that and create everything out of video? But what's your favorite? To I've start been with?
0: doing that a lot lately because of Zoom. But my go-to is is a white paper or ebook. Like mm-hmm. I create probably the reason I've transitioned more or or gravitated more to the marketing side is that I love to write, and writing is a way to figure out so you can test. And see what messaging is working so i'll write a really sloppy document in the beginning and then i collaborate with people and i get something that's really tight and then that becomes a blog post that becomes an ebook that becomes a video and the themes just you know so i've been creating content around the same ideas now for four years um mm-hmm. since i put my book up on amazon uh, actually before i put the book up on amazon and it's it's always the same ideas, just found many ways to express it. I think that that's when you get something that's thematically good, you want to continue to build it. Now, in a bigger company, you, you'll you have several, right? Your small company like mine, I have one and I just stay in my lane.
3: It's interesting. I don't know why I'm thinking about this, but I, had, I heard an interview with Billy Joel. And he talked about how he'd write his music first and then his lyrics. And I went, that's crazy. I would have written the lyrics first and then the music. And so I think some of what I'm hearing is everyone's going to do it differently based on what makes most sense for their brain and the way they do that.
1: That's fascinating.
3: Start with one thing. And have a plan on how to leverage that one thing to get out to everybody.
1: So I've got a, a practical question because I I know the questions that we get, and it's what I what I wonder: is there a an average size for an ebook, like number of pages, that's wow. kind of the sweet spot?
0: Well, let's see. So my book is a hundred pages on Amazon, and I. I purposely said I want it to be a hundred pages, no more. And we brought it in, you know, even with all the filler pages, it's at a hundred pages. And if somebody told me it's a quick Saturday morning read. Mm-hmm. And now I'm I'm making a derivative of that, and I think it's going to be about twenty pages. And it's mm-hmm. just around owning owning your media. Um, uh, so we've taken the material out of the hundred page book. We're making a, a I don't know, I'm not done yet, but a 20, 30 page book in that range. Mm-hmm. And it's gonna be a lot more open and have a lot more pictures around it. From that, I wanna make a video, right? But that's just, again, this idea of continuing to mine your, your media.
1: And so what is the name of your book?
0: Thanks for asking. It's called The New Content Culture. It is available as Kindle, and it's uh, also available
1: uh, in hard copy. All right, and we will put a link in the show notes uh, for, for that for you, for sure. We're just about out of time here. How can folks stay in touch with you and, and connect with you? Yeah, so the book on
0: Amazon, you can Google Keith Reynolds and the new content culture. That'll get you right there. Also, my website is io. And you can download a free ROI calculator that has a budgeting sheet and then a sales funnel sheet. And the goal is to figure out what's the, every company has a different uh, business model around content. And this mm-hmm. is to help you figure yours out.
1: Great. Well, thanks so much, Keith, for being on Making Sales Social. Um, thanks to all of our listeners that come every week. Thanks. We'll see you next week. Thank you I so much.
3: you.
2: Thanks for listening and join us again for more special guest instructors bringing you marketing, sales training and social selling strategies that will set you apart. Don't forget to subscribe to get the latest episodes from the Making Sales Social Podcast. Leave a review down below. Tell us what you think, what you learned and what you want to hear from us next. You can also listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher and Google Play. Visit our website socialsaleslink.com for more information.